Hey everyone, I just want to let you know that this is going to be another bonus episode of Game of Thrones. This is me, Albert, myself, just doing my own personal review of The Iron Throne, which is the title of Season 8, Episode 6. And the councilman, me and Arik, we are going to do an in-dive review of that certain episode, as well as an in-dive review of the season, and even recap, not really recap, just our overall thoughts of the whole show sometime probably this week or earlier next week but in order to fill in what we're missing out for game of thrones i decided to do this review on my own which is also available on my youtube channel at jaw movies so hope you hopefully you guys like it and enjoy when you play a game of thrones you win or you die the series finale to game of thrones arguably one of the best tv shows of all time was it any good let's find out What is up everyone, welcome back to another review. This is not a movie, this is a TV show and I'm not going to be recapping the whole show. I'm not going to be recapping the season. I might re I might give my review of season 8 kind of in this video, but I'll be primarily focusing on season 8 episode 6 titled The Iron Throne that just dropped last night. And uh, as you might have guessed it, this is going to be spoiler filled. There's no point of reviewing this without going into the details of the storylines and whatsoever. But this is going to be spoiler filled. Uh, review my personal thoughts of it. And if you don't think this is enough, if you don't think I dive into enough stuff, I'm just going to plug this real quick. The Mike podcast, the Councilman podcast, is going to be doing a in depth discussion of the show, of the series, of the season. Sometime around this week to next week, we're going to be doing several episodes, hopefully. And so stick around for that. But this one is going to be my personal individual thoughts on the Iron Throne. So let's just start to it. The, sh the opening scene of the show. Well, let's get to the title card words. If you pay attention to the title cards, as always, um, they change throughout this whole season. They add some stuff. And I believe in this newest season, some of the King's Landing and Red Keep was like kind of destroyed. You can see like crumbles and everything. So, starting from that, it already foreshadows what happened in the previous episode, The Bells, in which Danny, literally, you might say the Mad Queen, she burned everything down. So, start off, Tyrion Lannister walking down through uh, the King's Landing, and you see everything, all the ashes, everyone's burned, there is this moment where there's like a guy who's just walking, and his back is like totally burnt off, and that was, that's like straight out of a horror film. That was, yeah, I, I would say disturbing to see. And of course, the first thing that he did was he tried to find Jamie and he tried to find Cersei. And I, during that scene, uh, Cersei is, is not my favorite character, nor was Jamie, even though I really do like them. And Tyrion, you might tell, is one of my favorite characters. This season, I haven't feel like they did justice for Tyrion because he, he's supposed to drink and know things. He's supposed to be smarter than the others. And throughout this whole season, except for this particular finale, I feel like Tyrion hasn't been like himself. Which is why this particular... I'll just say it right now. This <clears throat> this final episode, I know people are mixed. I know people are like, oh, I don't, I hate it completely. The worst ending ever. Some people are like, okay, that's better than I thought. Some people actually do love it. I'm, I'm around middle ground. I don't absolutely love it. I don't absolutely hate it. There are some stuff which I truly love. There are some stuff that I was like, eh, they could do better than that. And some of the stuff that I like is that this is the most Tyrion-like 
that Tyrion have been throughout the whole season. If you watch the show, you would understand what I mean because he's actually doing his talking a lot and is quite smart in some moments. And in this, at this moment, when Tyrion finds Jaime and Cersei's corpse, they're right next to each other, just like the prophecy. And they got, they got crushed by a rock. And if you did listen to my podcast, I, you would have known that I wasn't fond of how they got killed by rocks. But that's a different discussion. And yeah, their, their corpses in the Red Keep. That was, that was a devastating way to start the episode. Especially because you, you follow Tyrion's perspective going into that. So you're like, damn, that's, that's crushing. No pun intended. <clears throat> and then you see uh, Jon Snow and Davos looking at Grey Worm saying like, oh, don't kill their prisoners. And Grey Worm still does it anyway. And then the next scene, you see Danny. Well, you, first of all, you see the whole army of the Dothraki and the Unsullied, and you see it. You see Arya looking there. You see Jon Snow looking there. And I do have a nitpick because I don't know how long the time jump is because I believe the previous scene was literally Jon Snow talking to Grey Worm. The next scene, Grey Worm is on top of the staircase, and the whole Doth, the whole Unsullied army is already over there. So like, how fast did they move, literally? But that that moment also, it's kind of weird because I feel like. They they did say that her unsullied army and the Traki got demolished in the Wither of Battle of Winterfell, and now I feel like there is more than ever of her army, so that's kind of odd. But I guess you, we cannot really see what happened in Battle of Winterfell. So if they say half of them died, some of them survived, and that's the amount that they survived, I guess. Eh, whatever, I buy that. And then I there is a there is a really cool shot at that moment when Danny first land with Drogon, and she just walking in and the wings of Drogon right behind her. That that is an awesome shot. Me and my me and my roommate when we're watching that, we're like, oh, there, there's there are like several moments throughout this episode where we actually go an audible gasp. That's the first moment. Second moment, Danny's that of course. Third moment, when they go with when they choose Bran, and it's not the one when they choose Bran wasn't a really good gasp. It was more like what the, f-? but yeah. <laughs> so. Daenerys make the speech of like she's going to free everyone, not just King's Landing. They're gonna go to the north. They're gonna go. Um, they're gonna go to the Dorne and everything like that. So that's like wow. She's really going all out. She's trying to become a tyrant, a dictator. Well, sort of trying to liberate in her own way, which is not exactly good, because as you can see, what she've done to King's Landing. So Tyrion resigns his hand. I, at that moment, I'm like, oh shoot, he's dead. He's so dead. And you know what? I'm surprised that they he, they didn't kill him right on the spot because I feel like Danny would have killed him because Danny haven't liked Tyrion that much. Tyrion have been giving advice. Danny haven't been listening to any of those advice. So I'm surprised that they let Tyrion live at that moment instead of making him a prisoner. And after that, of course, Jon have a brief talk with Arya, and then Jon talks to Tyrion. That that is one of the best scenes of the episode in my opinion. John talking to Tyrion and trying to convince John that he's the only one able to take control, take charge because of his uh, like his relationship with Danny and his lineage to the throne as well. <clears throat> and that particular their last banter, which is like, what do you think? What do you think she will do to your? What do you think she will do to your sisters? And it's like, well, they have no choice, but you do. That I feel like that is the turning point for John because he was iffy throughout that moment. You can still tell that he was like, "Your, she's my queen." But at that particular moment when Tyrion pulled the family card, I feel like that's that moment where John's like, "Yeah, my my sister's gonna die if I don't do this." So he take he he had the guts and he sort of tricked Danny to like I guess 
kissing her, and then like, well, I'm, I'm jumping to this point, basically. Well, when Danny's like, yeah, we can do this together, and John's like, yes, of course. And then they kissed, and then boom! Because at that moment, I I was surprised, because I thought I was, I, thought, I was like, Damn it, John! I thought, really, you're you're gonna go again with Danny, and when he does the stab, I'm like, oh my god! Like I know Danny was gonna die in some way or another. I don't see her ruling that Iron Throne, but I was I wasn't ready at that moment because I feel like that was only 45 minutes into the episode, just like kind of early. So I'm like, oh wow, we're already doing this now. So okay. And it was, <clears throat> it was kind of sad because even though Danny was a monster, I guess, in the previous episode, killing hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands. But Danny, you had a gleeful smile on Danny when she got the throne for the first time. It's almost like when you see her for the first time in the, well, not the first time she's on the whole show because she's like very naive. But like when she is, uh, let's say season three of Danny, which is like really more of that like empowerment kind of thing more happy and that because she hasn't been happy at all this whole show this whole season so yeah and then one of the most heart-wrenching moments weirdly enough for me was when drogon was like doing the head nod to danny's corpse because that is literally like drogon acts like a dog in that scene you know how well, if You've seen movies like if their owner dies and the dog's like, like, come on, wake up. It's like, or like even The Lion King when Simba does that to Mufasa. It's like such a, oh no. And it's it's sad. They did that really well. And of course, Drogon burns the Iron Throne, melting everything and flies away with Danny. That is a really, that's a really nice scene, Drogon flying away. And what I wish had happened in that moment, and some people pointed out as well, was like, imagine if, because... Jon Snow is a Targaryen, supposedly, right? He's have to have the blood of Targaryen. Imagine if Drogon tries to burn Jon Snow, but because he's a Targaryen, he doesn't get burned. How cool would that scene be if that actually happened in that episode? Sadly, that did not happen, and we just see the Iron Throne burn, which is kind of symbolic in a way of, like, breaking the wheel of what Danny's been trying to do this whole time. So, yeah, that's just a minor complaint of, like, <laughs> I wish they had tried to burn Jon Snow, because it would be really cool. <clears throat> And then, of course, we have a time jump. It fades to black. We don't know how long the time jump has been. And I didn't even know it was a time jump at first until... Well, we can assume it's a time jump because the next scene we see is Tyrion being escorted by Grey Worm to the Dragon Pit area. And there was everyone in there. We got Ad, we got Admiral Tully, Samuel, Tar Samuel Tarly, we got Sansa, Arya, and Bran. We got... Uh, What's his name? Robin of the Robin of the Vale, and we got Davos, Brienne. I'm trying to remember all of them. I'm probably not gonna remember. We got Davos and Brienne over there as well. So it's it's a meeting. It's a meeting of the rulers of Westeros. And one of my predictions going to the episode was like, I think there will be like a collective group of rulers, more like a democratic kind of party kind of thing, which I doubt is gonna happen because that sounds very progressive for Game of Thrones. Because it's supposed to be like medieval, I guess, kind of thing. They need to be from an anarchy. And I guess now it goes to a monarch kind of thing, which is like a step to the right direction instead of anarchy. <clears throat> but they decide to have a new ruler. Tyrion decided to suggest, oh, Lords of Westeros, we'll, we'd rather have a new lord instead of lineage. 
And I do really like the scene where Edmar Tully was rambling on and then Sansa's like, Uncle, please sit down. <laughs> I, I love that scene. And let's just get to this big topic here. Bran got nominated as the king because Tyrion's like, who else have a better story than Bran? Um, literally everyone in there have a better story. Dude, Samuel Tarly have a better story than Bran. Sansa have a way, way, way better story than Bran. Arya have a much better story than Bran. Even Tyrion, even though it's probably not part of the conversation, he have a way better story than Bran. Brienne have a better story than Bran. I bet Davos even have a better story than Bran as well. So, I don't understand this. I guess you might argue, I, I believe it's episode 4 or episode 3, I don't think it's 3, 3 Battle of Winterfell. Either episode 2 or episode 4, when Bran have a talk with Tyrion. They had a long talk. Maybe that's where he got everything, like, maybe that's when Tyrion's like, Bran deserved this. But I, we don't really see that scene, so I don't really know. Because, at this moment, I still, I accept the fact that, okay, sure, Bran, I guess, can be a good ruler. He's emotionless, literally. He's a walking, no-emotion human being. But... First of all, he doesn't want to be a ruler. He, however, it's it's I'm so conflicted. He's, you can tell he doesn't want to be a ruler, but at that moment, it's like, why do you think I came all the way down here? Are you saying that you've been manipulating everyone to this moment because you can see the future, sort of? Is he manipulating everyone to so Danny will die and Jon Snow will get in prison? Is that what he's been planning all along? Because that is that is kind of arrogant of Bran, and I'm not happy with that. If that's the case. And the other story is he's not really a good leader. Who have he ever led? He never led anyone. Second of all, if it's based on a storyline, I'd rather have Sansa. Sansa have a better story than Bran in terms of her journey and everything. Even one who has passed, like Theon have a better story than Bran. Theon died for Bran. So I really don't know. You, you can argue Bran have a good story, but eh. And building up throughout the whole show, I feel like they haven't built up to the point where Bran is going to be the king. Because, um, well, it goes back to another argument, sort of, because how to show how this particular episode ended, you follow the three Stark siblings, Sansa, Arya, and Jon, in three different shots, which I like, they mirror the other shots. And there is a, there is a saying which is like, you can tell what the show is all about by the, se by the series finale. We can tell how the show is all about, literally. So are they saying that the show is about the Starks? Because that's how it ended? And even if they say throughout the whole series finale, I feel like this Game of Thrones is not about Bran. Because they have not built up to it. Even throughout the whole... There is a reason why people do not, did not predict that Bran to be the ruler of Westeros. Because first, he doesn't, he doesn't have the qualities to be a king. And not a lot of people want him to be a king either way. So, it's, it's sort of frustrating in a way. Because like... Damn it, really? But yeah, I guess I guess he can he can be a good leader. I don't know, but everyone was like I I I I I except Sansa, which is like I uh, the, the the North has been suffering a long time, and we want to be separate on our own, which I respect Sansa so much for that. By the way, Sansa throughout the throughout the whole show, Sansa hasn't been my favorite character this season. She has literally catapulted to one of my top three characters. I would say. I love Sansa in this season and probably one throughout the whole show. She has been a fantastic character. So 
I really like that scene and what I'm a bit more surprised too is like I guess it's a sibling so Bran's like yeah sure but imagine if like Yara is like well I want to take the Iron Islands as his own kingdom as well and then like imagine if uh, Robin as well says that so it's uh, it's kind of like a convenient kind of thing I guess because he let Sansa take his take the North on his own well I guess the North is a bigger kingdom than the others so you can argue that but I like I like the storyline of the North being its own thing. Although how it was done, I would say it could have been better. So that that probably is my whole criticism throughout this whole season. This particular season, I feel like has been rushed. I wish it could have been ten episodes instead of six. I know it's probably budgeting issues or like um, staff issues or whatever. It's I'm most likely behind the scenes stuff because. In terms of story, they can literally make it into a 10-season episode, or they can even... Heck, that last... that last... Um, the second half of the episode, starting from this time jump all the way to the very end, you can... if you... Fo you can literally spread it out into six episodes, like how season one, season two, season three was like quite slow. And a lot of people dig that. Some people doesn't like it, but most people do, and the people who stick around are the ones who dig those kind of stuff. So the fact that they're rushing it, I feel like it's all sort of like a disservice for the fans as well because people have been sticking around this whole time, liking the slow pacing and suddenly like boom, 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 jumping from one point to another to another. Like, okay, fine, I get it because you might you need to get it done. But they could have been better. Like the, the fact that people are criticizing the last episode that Danny is burning up, is going Mad Queen is not because that they don't, they don't like that, that idea. It's more like they don't like how it was done. Because once again, if you could have spent more time with Danny's uh, state of mind, you can have spent more time with Danny and John's relationship. That moment when John killed Danny, that would be that would hurt so much more. Because one of my one of my personal uh, saddest death for me. Also, one of the one that makes me like no, uh, it, it was a relationship between John and it wasn't Danny. It was John with regret. Because I really like their relationship together. I really like Ygritte as a character. And that moment, I believe it was season four, season four, season five, when Ygritte had to shoot the arrow at John, and eventually Ygritte died at the hands of John. That that broke me because I love their relationship together. And at this moment, I didn't feel the same way for Danny and John, even though I have been invested in Danny throughout eight seasons now, and so is John. But I didn't feel the gut punch of like shit. John have to kill Danny. And I don't know, I guess it's what they're going for, like, the what, the what is good, the how was the one that's lacking. That's probably my, the best way for me to say it. So yeah, I, that's, that is my biggest criticism for this whole season, honestly. So yeah, I've, I've quite, ran quite some time for that moment. So where was I? Uh, <clears throat> Bran gets nominated, the North gets separated from Westeros, and then, oh yeah, Jon Snow gets sent to the Night Watch. I guess that's a first of all first of all I am surprised that like I said how Tyrion was not directly killed after he threw that thingy the head of the queen I am surprised the same fact that Jon was not killed by Grey Worm at that point instead he was imprisoned I mean like even though Danny's corpse is, is gone I'm pretty sure they know Jon has done something to her because the Iron Throne is not there anymore and Jon was there with the blood on the floor as well. 
So Grey Worm on the outside and Dothraki should have known. So I'm surprised that they kept him alive and imprisoned him. Because who was there to hold back Grey Worm from doing that? Because Grey Worm was merciless killing the Lannisters. What? No one was holding back Grey Worm to kill Jon Snow, but instead he'd hold back and imprison him instead. So I'm sort of like confused. I'm I'm sort of that's I guess as in, that's a criticism on my end again, because like Grey Worm would have killed Jon Snow if you were sticking with his persona at that point. So yeah, Jon Snow eventually got sent to the Night's Watch because they want a middle ground. They want to bring back uh, the stuff and bring him back to the north, of course, to Winterfell. But the Unsullied, of course, one is dead. One his, one him off by his head. So Night's Watch, I guess, is the best. Because he, I guess the best middle ground, even though it's sort of sad because if someone deserves, okay, you can, uh, mm, alright, <laughs> his ending might be happy because when, when you see a final shot, him going with the wildlings, which I, by the way, assume that he's going to live with the wildlings and settle and make a settlement for the wildlings with Tormund and Ghost. And by the way, I love that he get to hug Ghost because in episode 4 he didn't get to do that and people were complaining. So I love that he get to hug Ghost at this episode. And the fact that he goes with the Watlings, there is a moment of like, you can see a moment in his face where he had a half smile. And I think that might be one of his, the first time in a while that he's been totally, completely happy. So that's, a, that's I guess, it's a good happy ending for him, even though I feel like he deserves more happiness. Because he has been the reluctant hero and the one who's been sacrificing a lot throughout the whole show. And this is the ending that we got. He is not allowed to marry anyone. He's not allowed to uh, leave the Night's Watch. But I guess at the very end, he get to leave the Night's Watch. I am confused too. Also, what's the Night's Watch purpose, purpose now? Because there is no more White Walkers. And I don't think they're going to defend fandom of the Wildlings. So the Wildlings, I feel like, are peaceful at this moment with the Night's Watch. So I don't really know what the purpose of the Night's Watch is. But eh, you know what? I guess that it's still a place for people to be sent for like, they mention it's like, I guess you need to, in a place for, to send people who are like, who need to be punished or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah, Johnson talks to Tyrion, gets sent to the Night Watch, asks me back again in 10 years, by the way, if they do like a reunion and they do like a 10 year thing, I want to see, I want to see that. Uh, if they, if they think killing Danny was the right choice. And then, yeah, talking to Sansa, Arya and Bran, that was kind of a sweet, bittersweet moment with the Starks. And all the stars going separate ways. Brandon's King in King's Landing, which is in the south. Jon Snow is in the north, north. Sa uh, Sansa is in north of Winterfell. I mean, Jon Snow is further north. And then Arya is going to the west of Westeros, which no one knows what it is. Call back to season five, I believe. Uh, or season six. And then, yeah, Grey Worm and the Unsullied are back to, I believe it's Essos. It, it's, the place, it's the place where. Uh, Missandei is from, so yeah, kind of sad, and yeah, I'm, I, it's Grey Worm, everyone, he, he, he is sort of a hateable character this whole season, although everyone that he knows of either betrayed him or is dead, so at least he sort of get like a peaceful moment to go back to that place, to relive his life, I guess, at that moment. And we got a scene of the new small council consisting of Bronn, the master of coin, because of Highgarden, obviously. <laughs> Not because he's the best at math, because I don't think he will be the master of coin if he's the best at math. 
because it's definitely not. Brienne as the Lord Commander of the King's Guard, that was as a Master of Ships. Samuel Tarly as the Grand Maester. And they're, mis they're missing the Master of Whispers, Master of Law, Master of War, and by the way, Masters of Whispers. Bran literally can be his own Master of Whispers, so he doesn't really need that, although I guess they need it for like uh, legal issues, <laughs> if there is legal stuff in Westeros. But that that moment in the in the small council meeting, I like that Tyrion had the OCD of the chair. And one of my favorite scenes throughout the whole show, I forgot what episode is that, but I remember there is a scene where Tyrion is just slowly dragging his chair, uh, dragging his chair with uh, Tywin like standing there and Cersei is like standing just waiting, and he's slowly like dragging the chair, making them irritated. So it's like sort of a callback of him now fixing the chair, and everyone's like. It's this OCD kind of thing, so yeah, and they, it sort of caught me the way how they uh, come like talk to each other at that moment, and what I there is a moment which I guess I shouldn't be laughing, but maybe because I like Tyrion that much, that moment where Tyrion's reading the book. By the way, the song of us, Ice and Fire, that's kind of cheesy, kind of meta, because that's what the book is named of. And when Sam is like, I don't think your I don't think your name is there. I burst out laughing at that moment because I'm like, God damn it, Tyrion, out of everyone, Tyrion doesn't get it. It's like, I love Tyrion, and he doesn't he doesn't deserve that because he deserves to be his name to be listed there. But it's kind of like a sarcastic moment for me, and I, I, w I was bursting out laughing, so I like that. I like that moment, and people argue, it's like, oh, it's sitcom -y. it's not very good at all, it's not Game of Thrones. I like, I dig that, I, I really dig that. And yeah, oh, Brienne writing Jamie's bio biography and how it ended with like he died protecting his queen. That was really nice of Brienne, and she had really good handwriting. So I really like that Brienne wrote down the biography for Jamie. It was a really nice. It probably wasn't necessary, but it was a really nice like closure scene for Brienne and for Jamie as well. It was it was a really nice scene. And if you got a chance to actually Google like what is in the, what the whole thing that Brienne wrote, go for it because it was it's really nice. Mm. And then of course Bran lives with Podrick, which is I guess is now his like personal assistant or something, and he's planning to walk into Drogon I assume because that's what he said like I'll find him. So yeah, Arya goes to the west of Westeros. I mentioned that Sansa being the queen of the North. By the way, the costume design at that scene I really love the costume that Sansa is using and the crown is also really cool. And I'm just I'm just happy for Sansa. She has gone through so 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 much. If there is not if there is a character aside from Tyrion who has suffered the most, I'm gonna say Sansa. Cause you can go with you can argue with Joffrey, Cersei, Ramsay. Sansa has gone through all of those. And even Littlefinger and uh, what's what's her name, the Queen of the Vale. So. Ooh, she's gone through a lot, so I'm happy that she got a happy ending for her. And all, yeah, of course, all, all three of the Starks, the, the intercutting montage that I said earlier, I like that they all get their happy ending because Arya looks happy, Sansa looks happy as the, as the queen in the north, and Jon Snow looks happy to be back in the Wildlings. The only, I think the, when he was north of the wall, I think that was the only moment where he was truly, truly happy. Because once he comes back, to the wall and had to fight the wildlings, you can tell he wasn't happy. When he had to be the king of the north, he wasn't really happy. When he had to bend the knee and defend the Westeros and fight for King's Landing, he was never happy. I feel like the only moment where he was truly happy was beyond the wall. So I'm I'm glad that he gets to go back, I guess, at that moment, because yeah. And yeah, he's with Tormund. And 
I guess I guess that's that's all my notes and I, that is I guess that's the thought that I I talk I talk a lot already. I'm trying to think what else I'm missing. I guess my biggest criticism is literally the pacing. I wish we could get a 10 episode season. I, people would be more fulfilled. I can guarantee you. And I believe the Rotten Tomatoes for this season has not been good. I haven't checked what the last episode Rotten Tomatoes score is, but I think I don't think it's very good because people are like conflicted about it. But for the most part, for the most part, this episode I do enjoy. I I am not at all. I'm not at all like pleased. Well, I guess I'm pleased. I'm I'm just like I'm not excited that Brown that Bran is the king. Let's face the facts. I don't think anyone is excited that Bran is king. But I don't go like oh petition to to remake Game of Thrones season eight because apparently that's a thing and that's ridiculous. So, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Bran being the king, although anyone literally could have been. Literally, if Tyrion nominated anyone else in that moment, the one that are known names, I feel like it would be more. I would be. I would accept it more. Cause even like Samuel being the king, I'll be like, okay, I dig that. Cause I like Samuel. If you say Arya, I'll be. I'll be like, oh, that's not the arc that she's going with. I don't think she's gonna accept it. But I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. If you go with Sansa, of course I'm happy for it. If you go with, well, probably not Robin. If you go with Brienne, which is unlikely, but I'll be like, oh yes, she deserves it. If you go with Davos, I'm like, oh okay, Davos definitely deserves it. He's, he's a great guy. If he if he even nominated himself, I'd be like, yeah, Tyrion, let's go. And then, but he nominated Bran. I'm like, huh? Really, Bran? So, I think that's where most people got hatred because of Bran being the becoming the king. But yeah, I guess that is that is just my thought. But I love the show. The show has been has been something truly special. I never thought I would dig Game of Thrones. I started watching Game of Thrones in January and I've been watching it and binging it all the way to season 7 up until now. And I love it. I love the people that I meet in this community that love Game of Thrones and talk Game of Thrones. And it's a new lore that I was, while waiting for season 7 and season 8, all I've been doing is like watching videos of like, Oh, history of the Robert's Rebellion, or like the history of the houses and what they all mean, and the the mysticism and the lore and the fan theories and the predictions and everything. That's what made Games of Thrones so special, and it's just it's a great fandom, it's a great lore, and it's a great world to dive into. So, despite the fact that this final season hasn't been the best. And I'm just gonna say, I like I like episode one, I like episode two, episode three, I'm I'm middle ground, episode four, I'm eh. episode five, I wasn't too happy, episode six, I like it again, for the most part. So this final season hasn't been the best season at all, but I still love the show, I truly do, because like I said, everything about it, like if you go talk to a person who loves Game of Thrones. Okay, you go talk to a person and they like Game of Thrones and you ask them who their favorite character is, I can guarantee you, most of the time, one person's favorite character is not the same with another. Because I've talked to so lots of people who like Game of Thrones and when I ask them who their favorite character is and it's always different. So, it's it's special what the show has been going all this 8th season, all the 7 and 3 hours, I believe, of runtime with so many characters in juggle, killing off Ned Stark in season one, the Battle of the Bastards from the best scene ever, the Hodor woman that broke my heart, 
um, the red wedding, the purple wedding, everything to the bells that and finally uh, Danny dying and everything throughout the whole show there are so many moments, so many special characters that has built Game of Thrones to something truly special and yes I don't I don't think they nailed the perfect landing and to be honest I don't think they I don't think whatever they do they can do that because the it's the expectation is too high at this moment and think about it whoever sat on the throne at that final at that final episode there will be fans out there who's gonna be unhappy with it if Danny sit on the throne, there will be fans who are going to outrage. If John sit on the throne, people are going to be outraged. If Sansa sit on the throne, there are people who's going to be outraged. I don't think there's a perfect answer to this particular solution. So this is the if this is the best that they can do, I respect that. Um, Benioff and Weiss has been a great writer in my opinion. Throughout the whole show, they've been doing great stuff. And my biggest criticism, once again, this whole season is the pa is the pacing, and I wish they could have spent more time. But aside from that, I love the story, I love the characters, I love the world, I love Westeros, and I love Game of Thrones. And I'm not gonna give a score like my usual review kind of thing, cause it's it's too tough. It's I'm not gonna give a score for just one episode. If I have to give a score to the show, I'm gonna give it nine nine point something. I don't know. I just it's too tough, but. It's a great thing, and what I want to hear from you guys right now in the comment section, if you're watching till this point, which by the way, thank you very much if you do. Tell me what you think of the what you think of the episode, what you think of the whole season, what you think of the whole series. Did you love Game of Thrones? What's your favorite character? I want to hear it. What did you think of Bran being on the Iron Throne? Do you like that Sansa gets to rule the North? Do you like the new group of council? Do you like that Tyrion becomes the Hand once again? Do you like that Jon Snow go with the Wildlings of the North? Tell me in the comments below all your thoughts down there. I want to hear it. And thank you guys once again if you stick around. Uh, uh, I'm just going to plug the Councilman podcast like I said earlier in this episode. Me and Arik, which is a member of the Councilman uh, panelist, we're going to be doing a deep dive to this episode. We're going to recap everything. We're going to recap the show. We're going to recap the season. We're going to recap this final episode in particular. We're going to get lots of thoughts. I... I asked Arik the other day what he thought on this episode is and he's like, I hate it. <laughs> so there's going to be an uh, interesting talk in that podcast. So subscribe to the podcast feed, The Councilman. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, wherever. And yeah, thank you guys for watching. Subscribe to my channel if you want to see more. Maybe I do more Game of Thrones stuff. But aside from that, I do movie com I do movie stuff all over the place. Trailer reaction, movie reviews if you like it. So yeah, stick around, subscribe. Leave a like to this video if you want to see the channel to grow. You can follow me at Twitter and Instagram at jaywiradharma. If you want to tackle me on Twitter, talk to me, argue, whatever, go ahead. I am very active there. I will reply you back. So thank you guys once again for sticking around. And until next time, ciao out. And our watch has ended. Thank you.